Hello, and welcome to this episode of Hammering Down. I'm your host, Kara Hodges. I'm hoping you're having a great day. So, this was a post-match reaction that I was not entirely prepared for, just to be completely honest with you guys. Uh, I was not expecting a 2-0 win for the Legion against New Mexico United. A New Mexico United team who... I rate really highly, and I'm not the only one, you know, a good friend of mine, uh, John Morrissey, is also a big, big fan of what's going on out in Albuquerque, but this was one, a 2-0 that I was not expecting preseason, I thought this was easily going to be a loss for the three Sparks, going into the USL show, I said, you know what, Legion has what it takes. They are absolutely buzzing. They're, you know, really rolling right now. Then I get to my pre-match preview that I do with Chris and Seth, which thank you guys so much for the love on that. Um, and I have pretty much said, well, it could be a draw or it could be a 1-0 loss. I don't see Legion giving up more than one goal. Um, but the question is, is are they going to score? And, oh, boy, did they score. Listen. You guys have heard me complain and call out Juan Aguidello all year long. Hey, Coach John, uh, Juan, man, hey, I'll hold up my hands and admit you had one heck of a game, my man. I mean, about 70 minutes worth of just really good play. I mean, I need to get the little bit of an elephant out of the room. I mean, probably about 10 minutes before he scored his first goal. I did post on Twitter, start uh, Eddie Horvat yesterday. And I still think Eddie should start, but maybe in tandem with one. I've been saying that all year long, too. But, I mean, he did have his moment where he was, that we had a breakaway. It was a 2v3. It was really a 1v3, and Enzo Martinez, uh, to the right of Juan Agudelo, had a one-on-one with the keeper, but instead Juan decided to try to nutmeg one defender, um, where he would still have to go 2v1 against those defenders. Not great, or 1v2, whichever. Um, It wasn't a great decision where Enzo had a one-on-one with the keeper, but not long afterwards, we get a play that we finally utilize what Juan has that not many people have, and it is height, pure height. And we take advantage of it perfectly. This ball by Johnny Dean is just absolutely perfect. Um, and you can see a lot of the, the stuff I'm talking about. By the way, if you look at my if you look at my website, hammeringdown.com, check out my post-match reactions, Legion Dos Acero, uh, New Mexico United. I know, shameless plug, not sorry. Um, <laughs> but the play that Johnny does here where he gets the ball, He's going up the right side of the box. He cuts it back inside, and with his left foot, dinks it up to Juan Aguidello, who heads it right into the bottom left corner. This is what we've been looking for all year long. How many times have we seen, you know, Legion get the ball into the edge of the box or on the outside of it or directly, and, and they just decide to pass the ball onto the ground? And Johnny Dean decides to pass the ball in the air, which we don't see that often, which we we should see a lot more because guys like Juan Aguidello, listen, his touch is phenomenal. His dribbling ability is phenomenal. His passing ability is great, which we're going to talk about later. 
but there's some things you can't teach, and that's size. And he is just absolutely phenomenal. He is just so much bigger than everybody else out there, at least the man that was marking him. And that was the time to whip that out. And I don't know why we haven't been doing this more often, but kudos to Johnny and kudos to Tommy Stone for allowing the boys to do that. Later on, we saw Juan Agudelo get his assist where we get a nice pass by Mikey out to Zach Haravo, where Zach Haravo works it out to the left side to Ryan James. Ryan James pulls three defenders in. He passes back to Zach Haravo, who plays a perfect ball to Juan Agudelo across the box. Enzo controls it and into the back of the net. This was a really, really good play. And Zach Haravo plays a perfect ball to... Uh, Juan Aguidello, where Juan plays a great, great pass to Enzo. But something that needs to be noticed here is Ryan James, who pulls three defenders with him to leave Zach Haravo what looks to be about, eh, let's count it, one, two, three, three seconds to uh, fix up his shot. That was a really good play by Ryan James, a wonderful pass by... Zach Caravo, where you can see Juan Aguadello pointing at him afterwards. And it was just a really, really great play. But the thing that does not, it's not going to get enough love, I don't think, is this defense. And like I said, look at the website. It's going to help with a lot of the visual stuff. But this defense, and I talked about it before. I talked about it in, I think, the two episodes ago now where we have moved to this new system where Jake Roof, who had another great game, by the way, don't look now, he's he's going to be our starting left back, um, where you know Jake Roof and Mikey Lopez just pretty much shut down the middle of the park. And with what we have done with kind of having four center backs with Jake Roof, Mikey Lopez, uh, Famuel Cavita, and Alex Cronali, uh, Cronale. I I never know how to pronounce pronounce it. To be honest, is it Cronale? Because I've heard. I've, this is what confuses me. A lot of these broadcasts. Now, granted, not all of them are right. Um, I don't know if you guys listened to the broadcast, but at one point they said Johnny Dean wasn't that fast. That was a weird um, comment. But I don't know. Um, Alex, you know, with these four this four center back system. It pretty much takes up the entirety of the attacking third and or the defending third for us. The, what I call kind of like the danger area. This is the area that you can expect an immediate cross into a shot or just a shot straight up. And so because of this, I mean, Jake Roof has opened up a lot of this defense. Mikey Lopez has given a lot of coverage for these guys. And it played perfectly into what New Mexico was going to do, where they played super, super, super narrow. Now, because of this, I kind of want to get to our first two phone calls of this episode. Hey, how's it going? First time, long time. And I got to tell you what, New Mexico ain't played nobody, Paul. I don't know if we were able to get a hold of Heisenberg's blue stuff or what, but we kicked their ass. I'm so happy I could throw a pizza on Walter White's roof. Hammer down, and I'll see you in Louisville. Purple Haze won't be able to handle this smoke. Okay, I'm not going to lie. Okay, that one cracked me up. That one, <laughs> Purple Haze don't want this smoke. That one got me. Um, Yeah, so 
you do wonder a little bit about this West, this Western Conference, but, 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 these are still title favorites to me. I still think New Mexico is a really good team. Um, I said I was going to get to the first two phone calls. I want to talk about this one first. Um, this one is just a really New Mexico. I guess just came in with the same game plan they always do and just assumed that they would win. And it didn't work. And when I talked uh, to Seth and Chris earlier this week, Seth had mentioned uh, specifically, hey, so we have the ability to play wide. We don't do it often, but we have the ability to. And don't be surprised if we do it. This might be the way to win. And I said, if you play narrowly, you're not going to beat Legion FC. You're just not. That's not the way to beat this team. And what do they do? They played a very, very narrow diamond. If you want a little bit of something, like I said, I'm going to plug the website one more time. I have graphics on there that's going to help a lot, I promise. But they just kind of kept going right at these defensive zones, especially towards Jake Roof, which made no sense to me, considering the fact that the weaker of our sides is the side where Johnny Dean and Alex Cornelli is. Now, this is not me saying Alex and Johnny Dean are bad defenders. I need to keep iterating this. The reason that our the attacking left, our defending right, the right back side, is so weak is because Johnny has been given the liberty to go up pretty much as far as he wants, which means Alex Cornelli has to play a little bit wider than Fanuel Cavita. The only person that would be covering him there is Mikey Lopez. Meanwhile, on the other side, if you're Fanuel Cavita, you have a Mikey Lopez, a Jake Roof, and yourself covering this one area. Alex Cornelli is being asked to uh, cover more ground, which means by default that is the weakness in this defensive system. I feel, does that make sense? Okay. So, they didn't decide to go there. They decided to go right after Jake Roof. And Jake Roof, Roof, did I say Roof? Roof. Um, <laughs> you know, really put on another defensive masterclass. Fanwell Kavita played absolutely brilliantly. Alice Cornelli had probably the game of the night. Underrated. Really underrated night for him. And Mikey Lopez was absolutely brilliant as well on the defensive side. And for whatever reason, maybe, 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 um, this Western Conference defenses are just not as good as Eastern Conferences. That said, maybe the offenses out on the Western Conferences are just better. I don't know. But the fact that New Mexico came in there and thought they could just break down the defense, they couldn't. They just couldn't. Um, There was only one real chance that they had, and it was from a bit of a defensive howler um, where we cleared the ball straight to, I believe it was Weehan, and it was a hard and a very impressive save by Matt Van Oakle onto the post, which we eventually cleared away, um, or... We eventually got out of uh, after a while. Anyway, I, it's still one of those things that you have to question. Why didn't they try to change the system? I don't know. Um, MVO, Matt Van Oakle had another brilliant match. Um, Anderson Asidu came in uh, later on in the match, <laughs> played up top. That was kind of fun for a little bit. Um, 
Eddie Horvat came in, I still want to see him start. And again, now this is no longer a thing about Juan Aguadelo. I just think that this would be great. And it would just be great to see him start. Um, and also, we got to see Bruno Lapa come back. And he showed his footballing IQ. It was a really, really impressive watch. Now, let's go ahead and get into these other two phone calls. I tell you what, Paul. If Harry Cohn ain't playing nobody, you know what? I killed them trees up there, too. I poisoned those trees up in Memphis. All right. Harry Cohn sucks. Hammer down forever. Bye. Just to let it be known, uh, he did not poison any trees, I do not believe. This is just a reference to Harvey Updike and them calling me Paul. If you are outside of the Southeast, Paul Feinbaum is kind of a... Uh, Everybody knows Paul Feinbaum, and he is kind of the Southeast, more more importantly, the Alabama-Auburn person that you call in just to yell at people. It doesn't matter if you're playing Alabama-Auburn that week, you're yelling about them. That's why we're calling about Area Code, and they're calling me Paul. But listen, uh, Area Code goes over, to, goes over to AutoZone Park and gets a nice victory over Detroit City FC. Um, that was a really, really impressive win by them. And really, that win against Detroit City makes our win against Memphis look so much better because I was getting a little bit concerned. Um, I mean, there was a moment that I was like, okay, we beat Phoenix, who's really bad right now, really bad right now. And then we beat a Memphis team who goes out and draws against Hartford. And it's like, okay. So are we just beating bad teams? Are we getting excited about being bad teams? But their 2-0 win against Detroit City really fills me with a lot of confidence. Maybe this little streak that Legion are on is for real. I really believe in what we're doing tactically right now. And honestly, when's the last time you've been able to say that as a Legion fan? Tommy Stone, take your freaking bow, man. This has been great to watch. I am really impressed with what I've seen out of this Kami, Tommy Sohn coached team. Kami is a completely different thing. Goodness gracious, y'all. Do not let me record before like 9 a.m. Don't do it. Just don't allow me to do it. Um, but, yeah, I this has been proving to be a more impressive stretch of games. And I do want to discuss it just a little bit coming up. Preseason, I said this before, preseason, this stretch of games from New Mexico to Sacramento, I thought we were only going to get four points. I thought we were going to beat Atlanta United 2 and get a draw against Louisville or Charleston. Charleston is not as good as we thought they were, uh, dropping a game out to uh, FC Tulsa, which, by the way, old friend J.J. Williams gets a brace there. Um Charleston's not as good as we thought they were. We already picked up a win against this New Mexico team. If we get a win against the Atlanta United 2 and Charleston Battery, that is nine points from those 15 games. And that is way above the pace that I predicted. As of today, I have predicted, after 15 games, I predicted Lee Joint had 25 points. After 15 games, guess what? We have 25 points. From these next 15 games, I predicted four points, thinking we would only have, how let's do some quick math, 29 points after 20 games. 
um, if we can win the games that I think we can uh, with Charleston and Atlanta United now dropping points uh, to Louisville and Sacramento, that would put us way above that pace. We would be sitting at 34 points. And at that point, with what's going on with Pittsburgh right now, who's completely falling apart, Detroit City, where it looks like they are starting to feel a little bit of the grind of having a small roster in a very long season, maybe this is the time for Legion to secure themselves into a playoff spot. Because after Sacramento, after we get done with this stretch, the hardest games we have left, we have... Obviously, Sacramento. We have we have Tampa Bay away, and we have Loyola home. We have Memphis, and we have Detroit City at home. That's five games that you look at, or and Pittsburgh at home. That's six games from the last. Uh, how many games is that? Eleven games, or or so that you really look at and say that's maybe a question mark. That gives you a lot of points to work with to fully secure a home playoff game. And I'm I'm starting to believe a little bit, which maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. But if we can knock off some points against Louisville or Sacramento, who Sacramento is still on their U.S. Open Cup run, maybe it's time to believe. Maybe it is time to believe. Now I want to go ahead and get to one last phone call before we call this an episode. Good morning, Kaler, uh, and the Hammering Down Nation. Um, first of all, uh just want to say uh, congratulations uh, on such a great show. Uh, congratulations on all the work that you do, not only for USL, but also for the women's game, uh, especially with the UWS um uh, show that uh, you're on uh, Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock uh, Central Time, um, most weekends. Um, but no, uh, just wanted to give you a huge shout out to to uh, Kaylor for all the work that that he that he does, uh, not only for the USL show uh, but for hammering down as well. Uh, he has been a great addition to uh, the podcast network uh, within USL and lower league soccer. That said. We need to talk a little bit about his uh, predictions uh, for that here. I don't know if I want to go full Tulsa, but you know, uh, you know, the USL show is on notice, uh, as we saw um, by uh, by San Antonio FC and through here. And uh, looking forward to that end of year matchup between the Legion and San Antonio FC should be a great one. Uh, thank you, Taylor. Uh, thank you for all that you do um, once again here. Uh, it's been awesome to uh, see your growth uh, on the games right here. This message is too long. Look, I'm going to be honest. I'm really honored to get a phone call like that. Uh, it really does mean the world to me. Um, Harry, man, I'll be honest with you. I take a lot of influence of what I've been doing from stuff that you do. So thank you, Harry, for everything that you do in the U.S. soccer community. If you're wondering what he's referencing, though, which, by the way, check out the UWS show uh, weekly, uh, every Saturday morning, 8 a.m. It's been awesome. 
Um, highly recommend. It's one of my favorite shows I do. Um, but if you're wondering what he's referencing, the guys at the USL show, including myself, maybe has not been getting enough love to say for San Antonio. And this is where I said earlier that maybe the West isn't as good as we thought, but San Antonio goes out and gets a result against a uh, Colorado Springs team who is also really good. Granted, that result was a was a uh, own goal situation, probably should have been a draw, whatever. Who cares? It was a really, really good result. But I want to bring it back to New Mexico just a little bit, okay? And because this is the New Mexico post-match reactions, I do think that out of all of these matches, I mean, San Antonio beat in New Mexico uh, 1-0. This was in the middle of that stretch where New Mexico maybe wasn't that great. This was the last game before they kind of turned it around. And Jordan Farr played a brilliant game. The one goal was a one was a penalty, um, so it was a 1-0 win thanks to a penalty. And the reason I kind of bring this up is because, well, partially because Harry called, mainly reason, but also want to discuss a little bit that this is a good New Mexico team. The last team that beat them before us, was, before us being Legion FC, was a really good San Antonio team who's probably the best team in the league. And it came on a 1-0 penalty. And obviously, you know, you can only look at correlation and all that kind of stuff so much. But I do think that there's something there. And the San Antonio team, based off what they've done traditionally, what they're doing this year, they have good scores. They have really physical players. They are built off the counterattack. They have what they call their skyscrapers in the back. I think they even call them the Twin Towers, which is... Kind of weird, I guess, a little bit, but it's kind of funny. I say they. I think I've only heard a few people refer to them as that, but still people call them that. Um, and what I'm getting at is that this San Antonio team, just like we talked about last year, they're built pretty similar to this Legion squad. And obviously you can't look at a 1-0 versus 2-0 and say, well, obviously Legion are better. I don't know if that's true right now, but... Come the end of the season, we're going to be taking on San Antonio, and this is going to be basically fire versus fire. These are the same exact teams who are going to be lining up against each other, and it's going to be really interesting to watch. And I think if you can look at some of the results that San Antonio have gotten, maybe you can do a little bit of comparing between the two. Maybe you can start looking at because these are very similar Teams, these teams play very, very similar. And, I mean, let's just kind of look at it a little bit. Sa- uh, Sacramento beat San Antonio 1-0. That was at home to at Sacramento. Same thing that Legion are going to be doing. Maybe that's something that you can look at. They did take a 3-0 loss to Phoenix, but that was a different Phoenix team. I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't think they've played Loyal yet, but... That's going to be coming up, I think, fairly soon. Back, Oh, yeah, it's going to be in August. So maybe you won't see that then. But I think San Antonio fans and Legion fans can look at each other's teams and look at their results and maybe do a little bit of predicting and say, this is a team, like I know that Legion can beat this team because they played this team this way. 
I mean, obviously, San Antonio got a 1-0 win over Colorado Springs, and we didn't quite do that. But I would also say that this Legion team is a much different Legion team that played Colorado Springs. I would love to get a chance to play them again. Overall, I'm pretty stoked about what Legion are doing. I think that Legion have turned it around, and shout out to Tommy Sohn. Um, he's made changes that I never thought he would make. And I ate my bug to him in person. I told him that I doubted him, and he proved me wrong. Also, want to say, hey, Jake Roof, you're still an MVP uh, of this season. I mean, I think, I think the addition of Jake Roof has really changed the outlook of the season. Juan Agudelo, dude, you played a heck of a game, my man. There's a lot to be excited about with this Legion team. And if we can get the points where we're supposed to, go to Atlanta, get three points, go to Charleston, get three points, we're sitting pretty for a home playoff game. Um, So get pumped, Legion fans. Um, If it all falls apart, hey, you know where you can call. (laughs) But, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to read a little bit more, obviously, shameless plug, read the article. But thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for all the support on all the channels. Check out the USL shows. Check out UWS Weekly. I'm really proud of that one. And obviously, check out the website. So thank you all so, so much. And until next time, guys, keep hammering on.